Now, in each of the realities, so what, what, what's important to remember is the game plan. So in the, in the end, God wanted it to stop after the third reality called the Geshem reality, which is the physical reality. He wanted it to start from there, and then that way be transformed into a Ruchni, a spiritual reality. And then that would be transformed ultimately into a reality called Zulato, Zulosoi, which is an, a reality in which there is God and an other. And that is the reality uh, of, the, of the Nishama, of the soul in and of itself. Which, by the way, is much greater than a spiritual reality. But instead, so that became, that was really the main task given to Odom Harishan. But like I mentioned, instead, the main task now became something else. Because that Geshem reality now became pervaded or suffused with the reality of the Sitra Akhra, which is the Zoyamal. Now, what is important to remember, you know, just to understand the Sitra Akhra, remember one thing, you know, there's a, there's a thing called good and evil, toiv and ra. And what, is, what does it mean, good? What does good mean? Well, the definition of good means to enhance, to promote being. That's what good really means. It means to promote, to make better a being, a thing. The definition of evil is on the contrary. It is to deny or to negate being, you see. And that is the reality of the Sitra Akhra. So the reality of the Sitra Akhra is to, is the reality of that is where things are decomposed, where things are denied or things, you know, deteriorate, you see. And that is the world of the Sitra Akhra. In other words, in that world, things are always deteriorating, decomposing, being denied. And that reality is called evil. That's what an evil is, really. It's a negation of something that is, you see. Oh, and of course, the, uh, and that is why this, in that, in the reality of Sitra Akhra, which is the reality that we now have, you see, you have the, com- the, uh, the concepts of uh, decomposition where all living things deteriorate and they unravel. That, of course, is not only damage, but it's also ultimately death. See, so that's what takes place in this reality. But it's not only living things. Everything decomposes or deteriorates. It's a concept of uh, even, even energy. You know, for instance, if you're, in a, if you're in a room, the room will always lose energy. It's called in, uh, it's called in science the second law of thermodynamics which is the law of entropy, where anything, all energies always dissipate. And that really is the concept of, of uh, the second law of thermodynamics, where all things we de- will deteriorate ultimately. Again, so it's not just living things. It's also um, uh, things, even if they're not living, they will also decompose. That is the world of the Sitra Akhra. So therefore, what happens now is that the major objective is no longer to take the world of Geshem and to change it into Ruchni. The real task is to take the world of Geshem and to remove its contaminant, its pollution, and that is the world of the Sitra Akhra, which is now merged together with Geshem. And this has become the t- real task of mankind for thousands and thousands of years, you see. And that ultimately is what the game change is, is basically one, to go to remove the world of, Gesh- uh, of Zoyamo or Sitra Akro from the world of Geshem. That's the first transformation. The second transformation is to take the world of Geshem because the world of Sitra Akhra has been removed, to take the world of Geshem and to change it into a world of spirituality, Ruchni, 
That means this world becomes spiritual, like the world of the Malachim. And then the, the next idea is to take the world of Ruchni, you see, and to change it into the world of Zulosoi. And in Kabbalah, that is called Odom Kadmoin, primordial man. That's what it's called, which is Oilam Habo. So that is really what the entire game plan is, is to go from a reality, right, of uh, the lowest form, which is now, because of the sin of Odom, has been made lower. So it's got to go back to its original state, and then from there into spirituality, and then from there into the future world, which is a reality of which we cannot comprehend. Now, what's interesting also is the neshama has access to all of this. Because we know that there are five parts of the soul. Five parts. It's like an entity that is consists of five segments. You see, if you ever take a look at insects, many insects consist of segments, like an ant. An ant consists of three different segments. The head, the torso, right? And then you have a back end of it. Many insects consist of different segments. You see, it's the same idea also. The soul consists of five segments. And the reason why it has five segments is in order to accommodate and to exist in all the different realities that there is. You see, so in the reality of the... Uh, the, 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 the reality of uh, Keshem, for instance, who have the soul has a segment called the Nefesh. <coughs> you see? And the Nefesh is a segment of the Neshama that is able to, to perceive and exist or connect with the reality of Geshem. That's the concept of Nefesh you have another segment of the Nishama which is higher. And that segment is called uh, Ruach. And the Ruach exists in the segment of rea- in the reality called Yitzira. That's where the soul of a person, the segment called Ruach, is connected to the reality of Yitzira. And that is the world of the angels, the law of the Malachim, uh, themselves. Then a person has, besides the Ruach, he has also called the Neshama, Neshama, which itself, which is a segment, it's also the name of the third segment, which is connected to the reality of Briah. And that, what that means is that uh, an individual Neshama is actually connected to all the four, all the realities, you see. Then it has Atzilut, and the segment of the neshama that is able to connect with atzilut is called the chaya. You see, um, which um, is able to connect with the reality called atzilut. Then the next reality, which is the highest, is the reality uh, the neshama, which is called the yechida, one, the unique one. And the Yechida is the part of the Nishama that every person has that can connect with the future world. You see. Or what's called Oilam Habo. Or in Kabbalistic terminology, it's called Primordial Man. Odom Kadmon. You see. Therefore, when you think about it, you know, we have Odom Kadmon, Primordial Man, which is the world of Zulato we have an aspect of our neshama that can exist and perceive that world, you see. And then we have four other parts corresponding to the four levels of reality. Three of them is the spiritual aspect, and the lowest one, which is the physical, the nefesh, can connect to that. So what is interesting is our neshamas are segmented in five different parts, and they're all connected. And because of that, we can have consciousness on all the different types of reality, you see. That's a very important idea. 
that means if we could, we could actually be able to connect to, for instance, the one above us with the, uh, with the uh, Ruach. The Ruach is connected to Yitzira, you see. And as a result of that, you can actually be conscious of a spiritual world. Now, what is interesting is that that's what happens in what's called Ruach HaKodesh. Now, Ruach HaKodesh is not the one that we mean from today, uh, where a person has an insight that he knows to be true. The Ruach HaKodesh in the time of Chazal meant that you could actually see or envision or be actually perceive the world of Yitzira. You see, that's called Ruach HaKodesh. And that's what happened in a famous story of Rabbi Akiva with three other people where they went up into what's called Pardes. And that was really, uh, that's, an, that's a name of the, uh, the uh, Olim Yitzira, which is the first of the spiritual worlds. You see, and as a result of that, they were able to see, at least in a certain sense, uh, the residents of that world, and those are the Malachim, angels. <clears throat> and the reason why they were able to see that is because their Yitzira in that world, their Ruach segment was activated, and they actually became conscious of that world, <clears throat> you see. And that's called Ruch Kodesh. Now, if they can activate their Nishama, which is connected to uh, Bria, which is also a spiritual world, that is also, that's called not Ruch Kodesh, that is called Nevuah, or prophecy. You see? So that's really what these things are. So prophecy is the ability to be conscious of a different reality, the reality of Bria, you see, the reality of the world of creation, which is also spiritual. And as a result of these, what's called spiritual phenomenon, phenomena, a person can actually be conscious of the different levels of reality. That's a very important idea. So therefore, even though God, we are rooted in the physical world, but because our nishamas are segmented or have five different parts, each part is connected to one of the realities. And if we are able to activate that part, we can actually see into that reality. Even though our basic reality is the guf, with the nishama, exists on this world of Geshem, you see. And that, that ability was, was given to or uh, enabled by anybody who wanted to become a prophet, a Navi. And that's basically what a Navi did. He was able to, you know, transcend his physical body by activating the different segments of his neshama. And as a result of that, the corresponding part, or the corresponding reality that was connected to that aspect of the neshama would be activated. You become conscious of that actual reality, which is amazing, you see. Now, you cannot activate the Chaya, because that would mean that you can actually see into the world of Atsilus while you are in Atsilus, and that is not possible. And we know that because um, when Moshe Rabbeinu went up the, the mountain, you know, God was very angry because the Jews sinned at the golden calf. And because of that, so Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know certain things. So one of the things Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to know was, uh, show me your glory. You know, who are you? And that would have meant that Moshe Rabbeinu wanted to look into the world of Atzilut, where, where basically the only thing that exists in that world is some aspect of God. In other words, it's the ability to see God at a certain level of illumination. And he wanted to, he wanted to see that. Therefore, he wanted to activate his chayo, 
that segment of his neshama that could look into Atzilus. So God said, Lo right? A man cannot look at me and live, which means that you cannot activate the Chaya to be able to look into Atzilut. Which is interesting, you see. So there is a boundary that you cannot go beyond. And certainly if you cannot activate the world of Chaya, which, which allows you to see into uh, Atzilut, you certainly cannot activate the Echida. Because what that would mean is you can actually look into Ilm Habo, which in Kabbalah is called Primordial Man, Odum Kadmon. You see, so we cannot activate either Chaya, and we certainly cannot activate Yichida. However, in the end of time, what is interesting is that we will be our, our we will primarily be the Yichida. In other words, we will be primarily connected to Ilm Habo. And that's where we will reside. And therefore, our Chelek, or our segment of the Neshama, that will be activated, will be the Yechido, you see. And therefore, as a result of that, we will be enabled to live in the world of Ilm Habo, <coughs> which is the which is the Adam Kadmain, primordial man, you see. So what's interesting is that we actually have the ability, or let's say we have the potential, to see to look into and to, you know, uh, to uh, be aware of, conscious of, all the different realities that God created. We, in our neshama, has that ability to do that, you see. And that's fascinating. And even while we are here in Toilam Hazer, even in the world of Geshem, God has enabled us to, uh, to, to have the ability to see into Yitzirah, which is Ruach HaKodesh, because we activate the Ruach, and we also can activate the Neshama, that segment part, because Neshama is also a term for the collective. We can activate the Neshama so we can look into Brio, you see. But it's interesting, however, that it, when we do activate the, uh, the Neshama segment of our total souls, we can look into Bria, but what is interesting is that even, we can, even though we cannot see of Atzilut, which means being in Atzilut and looking in, we can look at Atzilut from the standpoint of Bria, which is interesting. In other words, when we, if we can activate the Neshama segment of our souls, then we would be, we would be, we would sort of like be completely aware and conscious of the world of Bria. But from that world, we can look into Atzilus, standing in Bria. Even though we can't go into the into uh, Atzilut and look at the presence of God then in that world. So a Novi, the highest Novi of all, who is Moshe Rabbeinu, what is interesting is that he was able to stand or be conscious of Bria because his neshama was activated and look into Atzilut standing in Bria. And the amazing thing is that he was able to look into Atzilut literally right at the boundary of Bria. In other words, right at the boundary where Atzilut ends and Bria begins he was able to take up a position at that point and look into Atzilut. And that is the highest level imaginable of an individual able to glimpse God. And as a result of that, the level of insight, Hasoga, that he had is the greatest Hasoga ever reached by a human. Because even though all prophets, Navim, basically, not well, not all, but most of them, they were able to stand in Bria 
and look into Atzilut. However, there was a distance between them and the boundary of Atzilut. For instance, let's assume there's a boundary. So Moshe Rabbeinu was one foot away from that boundary, and he could look into Atzilut. However, other Nevi'im, they could also stand in Bria, but they would be like a hundred miles from the boundary of Atzilut. So they could look into Atzilut, but from a hundred miles away. So clearly their ability to perceive was tremendously uh, hampered because even though they were in Bria, having activated the segment of the Nishama called Nishama, even though they could, they, that was activated, that consciousness, but since they were so far away from the boundary of Atzilut, so therefore their prophecy, their nevuah, was substantially reduced in terms of its clarity. So when we say that, that there was no greater prophet than Moshe Rabbeinu, what that means is that he activated his Neshama segment, which is the third part, going from the bottom, and therefore he would be able to see into the world of Bria, but he was literally a one foot away from the boundary of Atzilut. So even though he couldn't be in Atzilut, to look in Atzilut, he could stand at the boundary of Atzilut, standing in Bria, and looking into Atzilut. And therefore, what's interesting is that's why the Torah was given to him. Because the Torah had to be given to him at the highest level of what's called illumination or insight. Which means that he had to know the truth almost totally. And therefore, he had to be a Novi that had the ability to look into Atzilut standing right at the border of Atzilut. That is why he was the greatest of all Nevi'im. No Navi has ever duplicated that feat. So even if a person is a Navi, for instance, a prophet, then he can stand in Bria because he activated his Neshama, but he's like a hundred miles away from the border, boundary, Vatshilut. <clears throat> now, as time went on, okay, people could still be a Navi. For instance, the Navi... Yecheskel, who was a Navi. Now remember, prophecy always means that you activate the Nishama segment, and therefore you are standing in Bria. It always means that. And you are looking into Atzilut, you see. So the essential idea of prophecy is that no matter where you stand, you're always looking in Atzilut. Now, but where are you standing? That is the question. So Moshe Rabbeinu was like one foot away from the boundary of Atzilut. Many of the Nevi'im would look into Atzilut, but they were, uh, uh, as time went on, they were substantially much further away, 10 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. Finally, in the day of Yecheskel, for instance, Yecheskel Hanovi, he was able to see into Atzilut but the interesting thing about Yecheskel is he could not activate the Bria rather than the Shema. He can only activate his Ruach, which means that he can only see, he can only stand in Yetzirah, which is interesting. So he could stand and be conscious of Yetzirah, but since it was a higher level, he was able to look into Atzilut, standing two realities away, you see. So the Nevoa itself is an ability to envision or to see into Atzilut, which is a certain illumination of God. But m many of the prophets were able to stand in Bria and look into Atzilut. But as time went on, when the Shekhinah got further and further away, you see, like Yecheskel, he can only stand in, uh, in Yetzirah, you see, and look into Atzilut, which is much further away, you see. So it's like 
looking into a country, standing not the next country, but a country away from that, two countries away, with a telescope. So therefore, his nevoa was substantially reduced and inferior. And what is amazing about that is that he was still a Novi. Because remember, the definition of a Novi is that he can look into Atsilut. But he was only standing, he was not standing in Bria, he was rather standing in Yitzirah, looking into Atsilut. That's why he was still a Novi, because he would look into and see messages from God being illuminated as in terms of Atsilut. So that was Yecheskel, you see. Now, it got much worse after that, where people could, uh, they could activate the Ruach, but they can no longer look into Atsilut. In fact, they couldn't even look into Briah. They can only look into the world that they activated, the Ruach, and they can only look into Yitzirah. And that is called Ruach HaKodesh, the real Ruach HaKodesh, divine inspiration. And they were able to talk to Malachim. As we see, that by the Gzera, the ten martyrs were killed, and they sent up Rabbi Yishmuel to find out if this decree came from God. You see, can it be overturned, reversed? And what he did is he went up to look. And, of course, it, it's a famous piece in Rosh in Hashanah Yom Kippur, V'tihe Rabbi Yishmuel Atzmoy. And Rabbi Yishmael purified himself and he went high, you see, to find out, can they reverse the decree of the ten martyrs? And he was able to speak to an individual in the world of Yitzirah, and that was who? That was a Malach. And the reason why, because what he did was he uh, activated his Ruach, and he therefore can see into the world of Yitzirah, Yitzirah and he could speak to the residents of that world, which are Malachim. And of course, the Malach told him, you cannot reverse the decree. So that was real Ruach HaKodesh, what Rabbi Yishmuel did. It was not prophecy, because he could not look past Briah into Atzilut. He could only look, stand in Yitzirah, activating the Ruach, and only see into Yitzirah, and no further. You see, so, Nevoah is the highest level of vision, so to speak, that a person can see in the different realities that God created. Nevoah. And there are many different levels of Nevoah, obviously, depending on where in Bria you stood when you looked into Atzilut. So, Moshe Rabbeinu was the closest to Atzilut, and therefore he could look into Atzilut from that position. All the other Nevi'im also were in Bria, and they could look at the Atzilut for the, the prophetic image, right? But they stood further and further away in Bria as they looked at Atzilut. Finally, you had Yecheskel, who could stand in Yitzirah and also look into Atzilut, but he had to look through Bria in order to look into Yitzirah, into, excuse me, into Atzilut. So that's why his prophecy was incredibly inferior, although he was a prophet, because he could look into Atzilut. And then, and then finally, you could only stand in Yitzirah, and you could not look either into Atzilut, and you could not even look into Briah, you see, which is where the Nevi'im used to be. You can only stand in Yitzirah and look into Yitzirah, you see. And that was done by act. You see. So what we understand now is that it's not just realities that God created. The highest one being Kadmoin, and then you have the concept of Atsilus, Bria, Yitzirah, and Asirah. But God created a phenomenon where the Neshama can access all of these worlds or realities. And that's the whole concept of uh, of these, that's why a Novi used to go to the school for Nevoah. There used to be schools of Nevoah, which is interesting. 
You know, it's like you want to go to school to be, a, let's say, a doctor. So there are medical schools, right? And they will teach you how to be a doctor. In those days, by the Nevi'im, you can actually go to a yeshiva. And that yeshiva would teach you, Kabbalistically, how to do that. How to activate the different segments of your soul. And you can actually, therefore, see the different segments of reality, which is fascinating. And you couldn't do it in one shot. It took years. Because there are many, many steps that you had to take. You had to be a tzaddik. You had to be completely tall, which is purified and so on. Now today, the problem is, is that you cannot activate your yitzirah segment. I should say your ruach segment. In order to see into the world of yitzirah, and that would be called ruach kodesh, because we are all tomei, we are all defiled with tumah from a mace, and without the poraduma, the red heifer. We cannot get rid of this Tumor. And if you cannot get rid of this Tumor, then you cannot activate that segment, the Ruach, to look into the world of Yitzirah. So we cannot do that because we cannot rid ourselves of a complete uh, Tumor and could to be completely tall. In fact, what's interesting, they, they bring this story down where Rabbi Yishmol had ascended not physically, but his consciousness had ascended into the world of Yitzirah. So he was actually experiencing Ruach HaKodesh. And they wanted to talk to Rabbi Yishmoel. So what they did is they took a beged, a cloth, which was Tomei, and they touched him. So immediately he became Tomei, and he descended, and he woke up. Or rather, he left that form of consciousness. So the main reason today why we cannot do this and do the real level of Ruach is first of all because we don't know how to do it. But the second is we can't do it. Second reason is because not only we don't know how, but we can't because we are all Tomei. Tomei Mace. We are defiled by a dead body. Either because we were in a cemetery, we were in a funeral home or whatever. And therefore, even though a mikveh can remove an enormous amount of tumor, it cannot remove tum, uh, Tumas base, the defilement brought about by a corpse, and therefore, as a result of that, we cannot activate the Ruach aspect of our, the segment aspect, the Ruach of our Nishama, and because of that, we cannot see into the world of Yitzirah and talk to angels, Umalochim, and so on, and to access tremendous wisdom, divine wisdom from that particular area of reality. So we now understand something very important, that there are realities, there are five realities, like I say, okay, that God uh, created. And Odomarisha made the lowest reality worse by introducing the world of Geshem, by introducing the Tumor, the Zoyamo, the Sitra Achro in that world. And because of that, and also what's very important we see, is that we can actually activate, in those days anyway, that the capacity exists where we can activate different segments of our Nishoma that are actually linked or connected to the different aspects of reality. And we can actually see and communicate with the residents, the Malochim, of that reality. However, in the time of Mashiach, we will be restored not only to Ruch HaKodesh, but we will be restored even to the effect of the Vua of Moshe Rabbeinu. Why is that? Because like I said, the impediment today is we cannot remove the tumor of corpse, a corpse tumor. But in the world of Mashiach Ben David, what will happen is that Satan will be destroyed in whatever manner that means. In other words, the whole Zoyamah will be removed from the world of Geshem. And since that is removed and Tum'ah does not exist anymore, it's not that we'll be tall, but the world of Zoyamah exists and we can always become Tomei. No, it's much better than that. 
Tuma does not exist anymore. It's been destroyed, which means it has been eliminated totally from existence. Well, if that's the case, and then we are pure Geshem, then we can activate the, uh, the aspects of our Nishama, right, like a prophet, and we can actually look into the world of Atzilut, which means that every Jew will be able to sit down, right, into a quiet room, close his eyes, and activate the aspect of his Nishama, where he will actually be able to stand in Bria and look into Atzilut, which means that every Jew will be a prophet. And we don't even know what that means because we do not know what the, what the experience was. But I can guarantee you, you know, it's uh, infinitely great than any kind of drug experience, which is a chemically induced euphoric state that the brain goes through. So therefore, every Jew will be a Novi of the highest caliber, and that will be in the Messianic era. Beyond the Messianic era, is after the year 2240, and the English year, with the English year 2240, and the Hebrew year 6000, what uh, will be even greater, because the entire universe will no longer be a universe, in, in a certain sense, of Geshem. The universe itself will have been transformed into a higher universe. So it's not even a matter of activating a segment of Anishama. We will not even be in a universe of Geshem. We will be in a universe after 2240, and this is after the Messianic era, where we can actually see into Yitzhira, because the world of after 6000 will be transformed into a world called Yitzhira. That is the actual world. So where Malachama inhabit now, we will be the inhabitants of that world. So we don't even have to activate the Ruach. We will be the Ruach, you see, where that will be the totality of our consciousness is Ruach all the time. And we will actually be in that world, you see. So that's the difference in terms of as long as we are in the world of the Sitrachro or, which is the Zoyamon the Geshem, or in the world of Geshem alone, we can actually activate and be no in the Vim. But our world is still a world either of Zoyamon or a world without Zoyamon by Mashiach Mandovit's world, the Messianic era, but we are still in the world of Geshem. But the, the game plan is to change the actual world itself where we will be able to see in the other worlds. Why? Because we will actually be part of that world. So it's not a matter of seeing into that world. We will actually be ruchni, spiritual, and part of that world, you see. And I will continue this. But next week, I want to talk about Hanukkah. I want to give a Hanukkah shir. What's the pnimiyut of Hanukkah? Which is different than any of you imagine. Most people are not really aware of what Hanukkah is. I mean, this, we all know the story. But the real spiritual story of what really happened, uh, we'll talk about next week. Any questions? What was that? Rabbi, yes. in one of the classes you said that Alam Haba is already here. That who is here? I didn't get that. That who is here? Alam, you said in the other class that Alam Haba is already here, but we're not experiencing it. We don't see it. It's not revealed for us. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, what that means is this. Olam Haba is the real reality, except it's, it's, it's an illusion. It's like a mirage in a desert, you know. All of a sudden, you work, walk in the desert, and you see a mirage. Is it real? No, but that's the illumination, you see. But the real reality in that case is the desert. The real reality of everything is Olam Haba, and that is transformed 
in terms of, it's an illusion into lower worlds, you see. So what takes place ultimately, like I say, is a transformation. But what it really is, is that the illusion of the lower world is removed, you see, is what's called penetrated, you know. Um, What's a good way to explain this, you know? Um, Well, the way I'm saying it, you know, it's like you you live in a world of make-believe. We really live in a world of make-believe. To us, it's real. This physical world is really a world of make-believe. It looks like a physical world. It acts like a physical world, behaves like a physical world, and we are affected by it. But the truth is, really... The reality of the physical world is really ilm habo, except it has layers and layers of illusion. It's almost like, it's like we hallucinate as if there was a real reality, the reality of the hallucination, you see. So what God does, and there are different layers of hallucination. Maybe that's where a good way of saying it. In other words, the real reality is ilm habo, the future world. But there are layers of hallucinations that, that cover the reality of Ilam Abba. And so therefore, even though the real reality, however, as far as we're concerned, we live in the hallucination of different worlds, you see. And right now, we live in the hallucination called the physical world, the Ilam of Geshem, you see. But the real reality is not Geshem. But we cannot penetrate the hallucination. We cannot. When God will do that, as time goes on, and that is the different levels of the Messianic era, and then after that and so on, which I will explain the next time after Hanukkah, what we do is we remove the hallucinations. and We actually see a different reality, which was always there, you see. So just think of it in that way, that we live in a world of hallucinations. Okay? So can we access the feeling of Olam Haba in our day-to-day life? No. No. It's too far removed. We are completely immersed in the hallucination of Geshem. Even though to us it's real. But what God did do is he gave us the experience of prophecy where even though we can't break the hallucination, however, we can be conscious of behind the hallucination, which is interesting. So you cannot break this physical world and remove the hallucination of this physical world. But what you can do is be conscious of a world beyond the hallucination. You see, so you can be conscious of it, but that was only then when the ability to be a prophet or a Ruach HaKodesh, that was only before the destruction of the temple, you see. But now we cannot even be conscious of it. But in those days, even though they could be conscious of different worlds, they could not remove the hallucination or the mirage of Geshem. Only God can do that. And the only way to do that, by the way, is you need to turn up the dial on the spheres. You need to illuminate them with much greater intensity by turning up the illumination or the power of the spherot. We cannot do that. Only God can do that. So as long as you cannot do that, we are stuck in the world of Geshem. And that is the hallucination we live in. We cannot change it. But what God did give us, which is interesting, he gave us the ability to be conscious of another reality, you see, and that is called prophecy or Ruach HaKodesh. But we do not have access to that anymore. We don't have the ability anymore, uh, which is what I mentioned, you see. So your thoughts your reality, right? Your what? Your thoughts create your reality. 
Did you say your thought? Yeah, your thoughts create your reality. Well, what you're saying is true. What you're saying is so, true. If your thoughts create reality, isn't everybody in a different, um, like there's, there's many layers Dimension. of reality, levels and layers of reality. So it depends on the level of your thoughts, then that's what your reality is. What, what you're saying is, you know, in many ways, a very profound idea, which is true. Remember, you cannot create reality where you could change this one. But what you can do, and that's what Navur teaches us, is you could be conscious of a different reality, even if you cannot change yours. So in a certain sense, it's removing the hallucination, uh, at least being able to see into it. But what is interesting, and that's really what you're saying, is that your thoughts or the level of what you think reality, in a certain sense, creates that reality for you, you see. Uh, what's a classic example, for instance? It says, Happy is the man that trusts in God. And that God will be for him as a trust. What does that mean? It means if you believe in the reality that there's a God, that God does everything, everything, you see, and that everything that is done is only from God and there is no other power, then in some way that belief that you have, right, <clears throat> in some way interacts with this reality and produces that for you is interesting so in other words your belief in your mind actually uh, brings you close to that reality you believe in even though you cannot change yours but there is a concept where the reality that you believe in actually in a certain sense envelops you you see that's why tzaddikim for instance will have tremendous uh, belief in God and who he is, and they bitachon and munan, and so on, they don't live in the same reality we do. Even though physically we do, <clears throat> but there is an actual, the reality that they believe in impinges, which is a good word, impinges on the reality of what they live in. So in a certain sense, it's like you're really living in two different worlds. The greater your emun and bitachon, the greater is your connection to the spiritual world which has that uh, God and what he does for us. So in that sense, you're right. Like, it's not the Rabbi, thought. It's the be- it's, wait, it's not the thought. It's the belief. You know, there are people that think, but that doesn't mean they believe what they think. But if you really believe that God is and that the whole reality is nothing more than an emanation of him, and you actually believe the reality that he pervades everything, and that he does everything, then that reality of what he, where it does take place actually has an effect on your reality of Geshem. But it's not so much thinking, it's believing. That's the key word. You see what I'm saying? They say, what you believe, you receive. Yes, yes, that's well said. Correct. So, so Rabbi, let's say, okay, uh, our reality right now in Corona, in what's going on in the world, in America, elections, yada, yada, if we don't, um, if we see beyond the hallucination of it, because right now a lot of people are under the hallucination of what everything is. If we see beyond that and we tap into an um, odd Melvado and, uh, you know, everything is for, for the best and it's all from Hashem, we actually access a different reality of what's really going on. And then that's what they say is that you feel... Olam Haba, in, or the feeling of Gan Eden in this world, because you're not 
accessing what's in the hallucination of it, you're 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 actually entering the reality of you know of Hashem and what he's you know he's capable of, and you trust in him. Yes, uh, let me give you you know a very interesting Gemara that that supports what you're saying. There was one of the great Tanoim called Rabbi Hanina ben Doisa. He's a very great man. And they called him a miracle work and so on. But anyway, the story is, is that one day, it was Erev Shabbat, and uh, his daughter came over to him and said, you know, we ran out of oil. So what do we do? We can't light uh, Shabbos lights. So he said, well, what's the problem? Use vinegar. So his daughter said to him, vinegar, vinegar doesn't burn, right? So, you know, what, what's the, what, what do you mean by use vinegar? So Rabbi Chedina ben said to her the following. He said, well, oil doesn't burn either. Oil only burns because this is the command of God. God says to oil, burn. So oil has a physical manifestation, whatever the chemical structure is, that it is able to be what's called combustible, burn. So if God is the one that makes that material called oil burn, so he can do it to vinegar. You see? And guess what? She took vinegar and she lit it. And it burnt. And it burnt the whole Shabbos. The vinegar. So what does that mean? Was this a miracle? You see? Actually, it was a miracle, obviously, from our standpoint. But Rabbi Hanin Mendoza, because he was so great, his belief in God was so total that God is in charge of everything. That means even something which we think is physical is only physical, not because it has something in and of itself that makes it happen. No, it has a certain what's called property because God wills it to have that property. So therefore, the belief of Reb Hanina ben Doisa was so great that oil, or rather vinegar burns, or rather oil burns, not because of oil. It's God saying to oil, burn from nanosecond to nanosecond. Because God has to will oil to burn at every nanosecond, you see. So therefore, if God can do it to oil, he could do it to vinegar. You see? And therefore, it's, in a certain sense, it's not that... Of course, it was a, mir- a miracle to us because it was a deviation of nature because vinegar doesn't burn. But the belief of Reb Hanina ben was so total that God is behind everything, you see, that automatically vinegar burnt. So that story illustrates what you're saying. That if somebody can get his belief, that besides God, there is nothing else. And everything that is done is only by the tzivoy, the command of God. If a person can believe in it to such an extent, then you can actually influence the physical world to change. And that's what Reb Hanina ben did. You see? I, and I believe the same thing is true of any disease, you see. Now, if somebody understands that there is no such thing as a virus, or anything for that matter, it's really God in the form of a virus. There's no such thing as an independent, uh, uh, independent being called a virus, you see, in, 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 in the real terms. That virus is nothing more than a manifestation of God himself. Because a virus, is not such a thing as a virus in and of itself. It doesn't have a separate existence, and it certainly doesn't have its own koyach, its own power. But God wills some aspect of himself, sort of, to be a virus, if you want to look at it that way, and therefore to act like a virus. But if somebody's emunah is so great, where he doesn't see a virus, he sees a virus as an emanation of God, then I believe that a person can change reality. You see, in fact, uh, just to illustrate the famous story of Rabbi Chaim Volozhin, where he says that if you believe that besides God there is nothing else, 
you can actually change the reality. And he, there, there's a famous story of the Briskorov, who was running away during the Holocaust, you know, Nazi Germany, and he was disguised, whatever. And all of a sudden, um, he, he was going down a forest, whatever, and all of a sudden, he, he encountered a German, a Nazi, and he saw him, and he stopped him. You see? So the Briskorov realized that he's finished because the Nazi's going to kill him. So all of a sudden, he stopped for a minute, and he said to himself, There is no Nazi, really. That Nazi, that Nazi doesn't have, not only does he not exist, but he doesn't have the power to do anything unless God gives him the power. So he was Mechavein. He meditated on Enoi Mavadai while he's being confronted by the Nazi, which is amazing. And what happened? All of a sudden, the Nazi looked away and he walked away, which is, which is shocking. And he just walked away and that was it. And the Briskorov, or Velvo, was able to escape. See, that is the illustration that if your power of belief is so great that there is no other entity but God and that if you're looking at something it has no power in and of itself it is God then you can actually change that reality it's almost like by recognizing there is no other reality then that reality disappears because in a certain sense you've successfully broken the hallucination and you can break it by your belief. You see, so there is that concept, but obviously that's a it's a great madrega. But it is a madrega that I encourage everybody, ultimately, to try to do. Now that doesn't mean you, of course, put yourself in harm's way. No, but it does work. It it works. I've tried it in different situations, many times, and guess what? It works that if somehow you realize that you know, and all of a sudden uh, that disappears. Because in some way, God has given the ability of a person by his beliefs itself to break the reality of what's called the imagined hallucination. Somehow it affects it. And the reality that you believe in, which that God is everything, and God is the only one that has the power to do anything. Somehow, that does influence reality. And this is brought down by the Rav Chaim Volozhin, the greatest student of the Vilna Gaon, and the Nefesh Chaim. You see? So, would you say that's like... Um being the eye of the storm during, you know, this time of the, the you know, the birth pangs of Mashiach? I, I, what like, was it? I'm, I'm not getting the question. What was that? So, like, let's, the, the birth pangs of Mashiach is as if it's like a storm. So would you use this technique to be the eye of the storm and not be, you know, affected by, like, should that be our day-to-day, you know... Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, look, ultimately, the the uh, objective is to live in the reality of Eneid Mavadoi. Yeah. That is why that, that's the, the greatest level of belief in God, where you see him, not only that you believe in a God, but you realize that all reality, even though we live in the reality of Geshem, because that's really what it is now, but all reality is really different hallucinations, upon hallucinations, upon hallucinations. And when you pierce that, and you actually believe totally that um, there is no other reality but God, and that God is the only thing that does anything, and without God wanting to do it, it doesn't get done, you see, then in some way you actually uh, initiate some aspect of that reality of Enid Bavadoy. And that's what Rabhaim Volajan says. Yeah. That's right. You can do it. It's like really it's like um 
a little bit it's like your our vibration is in synchronicity with Hashem when you believe in totally in Hashem. And that's how it that's why you create what you want to not what you want to create, but you think you create a better reality because your vibration is is in synchronicity with Hashem. Yes. <clears throat> yes. So that's a very powerful device to use when a person is sick, you know, and, and it really works. But you have to get to the level of belief in that. It's not easy because we live in a world that is Geshem. It looks like Geshem. As far as we're concerned, it is Geshem. It's the belief of what really is out there that can change the reality, you see. But, you know, you really have to get into that space, as they say, you see. But you still have to respect the fact that we are now living in the reality called Geshem with Zoyamo. And that's the problem, you see. Okay. Any other questions? So we've taken a real trip around different realities. <laughs> right? God willing, we'll all take the same trip to the real to these realities together. That's right, exactly. Now next week I'm going to uh give a shear about Hanukkah. What really Hanukkah is all about. And you'll have Very a really a different experience, a different perception what Hanukkah is.